Salutations. Welcome to Pod Mortem. I'm Travis Hunter, joined as always by my co-host, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Hi, I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. This week, we're broadcasting live from the bottom of the stairs on M Street, discussing the iconic 1973 horror classic that is The Exorcist. The film was directed by William Friedkin, off of a script by William Peter Blatty, who also wrote the novel that the film is based on. While the film was released a great box office success and garnered nominations and awards from the Academy, it was also plagued by controversy, and some even believe it to be cursed. Nonetheless, the film has more than maintained cultural relevance over the years and is rightfully considered one of, if not the, scariest film of all time. So, what were your first impressions on The Exorcist? Honestly, I don't even remember the first time that I saw it, but I remember it scaring the hell out of me when I did see it. (laughs) Yeah. I would think maybe 10 or 11. I think I was a little younger when I watched it, but I remember it being terrifying. Well, I I was terrified. Our parents hyped it too. It was like, you're going to shit your pants. Like, this is like. That was the thing is I felt like, honestly, they kept it from us for years. Like, we watched a lot of scary movies whenever we were really, really young. Very young. But The Exorcist was one that we did not get to. No, until we were. I mean, which 10, whatever, that's still young, but. It's a little bit older than than the rest of the films. But yeah, I, I remember being terrified. And rightfully so. I mean, honestly, whenever you think about The Exorcist, every time I watch it, I, I'm like, I don't know how in 1973 this happened. Yeah, no, I think about how it must have been received. Like the type of movie that people at the time were used to and then yeah. going to see that, I can't, their minds must have been blown. I can't even imagine. I think, yeah, I bet that was fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people now, it holds up. That's the, oh, that's absolutely. the thing. It's not like, oh, that looks cheesy. You're like, no, that still no, looks yeah, it's scary. Still, no, it's still no, scary. It's still really good movie. One thing that kind of surprises me about The Exorcist in general, I think it's one of those movies that a lot of people know the references to the yes, film whether they've without seen it or actually not. having yes. seen it. So many movies have bitten off of it. Absolutely. And unabashedly so, shamelessly copied it. Well, I mean, between it being copied and the homages paid to it and Mm -hmm. even the spoofs of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Like, I mean, it's so steeped into the genre that Uh it's like, again, whether you've seen it or not. When someone says The Exorcist, you know what but the hell that, that is. You exactly. think it shows how good of a movie it exactly. was. Exactly. No, absolutely. Yeah, and how impactful it is just to the horror genre like as a whole. Mm-hmm. Right. We're sitting here 47 years later yeah. talking about it and still scared still shitless. Watching it. And, yeah. Yes, yeah. Still yes. watching it. <laughs> All right. Now, before we exercise the demons of this film, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you do not wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, let's get rolling down the stairs. Okay, so the film opens in northern Iraq, where we're introduced to Father Marin, who is taking part in some kind of archaeological dig. Um, Father Marin's played by Max von Sydow, and he was 44 at the time of this film, but they made him up to look like a man oh, in his 70s. Oh, I was say, 44? Much God, older. Damn, he looked old. Much it's, older. It's very I thought he was impressive. like 70 or some yeah. shit. And he looked old. When I was a kid... I feel kid, like he's supposed to be. Yeah. For the film. Yes, but damn. Yeah. When I was a kid, I genuinely thought, I was like, this is a very old man playing this. Yeah, he's he an old guy. Himself. I did too. Yeah. yeah. Very well as an old man. Like, no, it's I just, never it's would have very, guessed very that he good. was that young. Um... So at the beginning, he's kind of in the middle of this dig. 
a boy runs through all the ruins and finds him, and he's like, "Hey, they found something." That boy is parkouring. Oh those yeah, ruins. he's before parkour was even before a thing. it was a he's thing. He's the pioneer. He's the parkour pioneer. <laughs> so he's running through, and then he goes and he talks to these guys that have apparently found all these things, and they find like an amulet, I guess, like a right. little uh... right. He found a pencil sharpener, some other... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just some assorted, assorted garbage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in the garbage they find like a little Saint Christopher medallion, which right. makes no sense for it to be there. Well, they even say this isn't this isn't Not... of the same time as everything else. Yeah, and so they find that, and then he keeps digging, and when he digs, he finds this like piece of rock. And on this piece of rock, he breaks off and it's like a carving of a demon. And so as he's like looking at the carving of the demon, I thought this was very interesting because it was not CG. A fly lands on his hand. I didn't even notice that. I didn't either. I didn't even notice that. So a fly lands on his hand and then he looks at it and then like the music swells, but the music sounds like the buzzing of flies. A lot of people uh, refer to the devil as Beelzebub. Yeah. And I didn't know this, but I looked it up and Beelzebub actually translates to the Lord of the Flies. I did not know that either. So I was like, that's kind of crazy that they... I wonder if that's like, yeah, some yeah. like little hidden Easter egg reference. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And I don't think they trained to fly for that shot. No. All right, now you're going to fly oh, and land on his don't hand and keep going. All right, so... Um, Those cockroaches had representation on the <laughs> yes. show. Yeah, yeah, Maybe that flies. Um, another thing that's interesting is this was actually filmed in Iraq. I no didn't know that shit. either. Yeah. That's about it. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Especially for the time, I would think that they would have used... Something that looked like a rock yeah, in like California kind of like or Nevada. Arizona, some shit in the middle yeah, of the desert. Yeah, not even, but they actually went there and filmed it, which is no, kind of just shows, cool. like, I guess, their no, dedication yeah. to this thing. Um, we're finding real demons, <laughs> right? Yeah, we mean this. So, after they find this thing, Marin goes and visits, I guess, like a curator of a museum. I only say that because the building was very nice and he had a lot of artifacts in his office and right. he was very knowledgeable. Yeah, but they never explain. They never say said, who he yeah. is or what he no. does or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, but you can kind of guess he is drawing things that he has found and he's taking notes and yeah. he's yeah. got a whole little log yeah. of it. Yeah, so. it's something yeah. official. You kind of put right. it together. Yeah. And he's he's very intelligent about it. He's not just some guy. It's like, no, what yeah, does this mean? Right? He's like a, he's like a junker. Yeah. Right. I'll give you 50 bucks for it. Um, so he's looking at the medallion, the St. Christopher medallion that uh, they found during their dig. Mm-hmm. Right. And he remarks evil against evil, which I don't quite understand what that means. Neither do I, but hearing that would make me be like, you can go ahead and keep that. Or I'm going to go ahead and throw that back in the because <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't a... like the sound of that. Not not one bit. It's got your name all over it. Yeah. Your name, Christopher? You all know yours. what? There you go. Yeah. Keep it. Yeah. So um, right after he says evil against evil, the clock in the room stops. Yes. And it's so eerie because Father Marin seems to sense something right. he, he that is tell, related to he it. He knows it. As it stops, he looks over at him and he kind of tells him, I guess, he realizes that he has to go. He has to leave. He has to go somewhere. Yeah. And the curator is not down with that. He yeah. Don't leave this shit. Take it with you. Don't leave this here. I don't need any of that. Uh. Bad juju and all <laughs> yeah. that. So he bids farewell to the curator and he gets into a Jeep and he drives to these ruins, I guess, of some ancient buildings that used to be in Iraq. Right. Um, he makes his way up. And as he makes his way up, he sees this giant statue Oof. of the demon Pazuzu. And it is very reminiscent of the small little the head. The head, is head that he found. Yes. 
Also, on his way there, when he was walking beforehand, he almost got hit by a cart. He did. And I have that. I was thinking that as well. Was he meant to be hit by that cart? I don't know. Because it was a very near miss. It's a and very that old bad lady omen. in the back didn't really she seem did like not, she gave a she shit. She was laughing care. about it. Right? She Get didn't out of the way, fucker. It's like, damn, chill. Yeah, the old old lady. Um, so anyways, he's standing in front of this large statue of Pazuzu. Now, the statue looks terrifying. It has snakes slithering around a phallus, which yes. is the last place you want snakes. Yes. I, I thought the snake was his dong. I thought, I thought... I didn't know that it was like slithering around. Was, I thought it yeah. was like... It was like a piece. dong was, adjacent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was draped over. Right. It was like a sash. An accessory. <laughs> exactly. You can't leave the house without yeah. it. <laughs> Marin obviously senses something evil here, and you get this great shot of Father Marin standing across from the statue, and it almost feels like an old Western. You've got the wind picking yeah. up in the sand. It's almost like a duel. Yeah. Right, it's like right, these right, two right. are meant to meet, and they're going to meet again. Well, it seems like a... Like a visible good versus evil, like the Absolutely. shot. And then dogs fighting. Yeah, the dogs are beating the shit out of each uh, other. It's yeah. like, is the demon, is that statue yeah. responsible? For this? I think Michael Vick was next to him. Oh my God. <laughs> he was Just leave it in the shot. Leave yeah. it in the shot. We already paid him. We already paid him. <laughs> so, anyways, after, after that shot, after the dog fighting, uh, we're taken to a house in Georgetown. It's a neighborhood in Washington, D.C. This is where we meet Chris McNeil, who's played by Ellen Burstyn. Chris is a really successful actress, and the first time we see her, she's actually looking over a script at night in her bedroom, and then she hears some noises. And so she goes out to investigate, and she realizes that they're coming from the attic just outside of her room, and she goes to check on her daughter, and her daughter is asleep, but she's in her room alone and the wind is blowing through an open window for some reason. Yeah. And the kid has no blankets on her and she's like, ah, oh, shit, I better cover her up. And it's kind of a foreshadowing of future things to come at this point. Right. But it doesn't really mean anything right now. Right. So after that, she goes downstairs the next morning and she's like, hey, all that scraping and scratching I heard, these rats are having a party in my yeah, attic. Yeah, those are some loud ass rats though. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, and I don't know if this woman is just more uh, level-headed than me, but any scratching, any it, there's a fucking ghost in my house. I It made me think of, uh, I don't know if you remember the time that I was putting laundry away in the closet and one of the shirts was turned inside out. Oh, you mean when I put the laundry when away? When you put the laundry and away. And you thought and, a ghost did it. Well, in my mind, who the fuck hangs a shirt up inside out? But I did was you like, do that on purpose? Well, I was trying was to hurry just, and put them away. He was just putting shirts away. I was just trying so to help. So he came home and I, and I was yelled like. for it. I, I yelled at <laughs> I was like, I think there's something going on. Like. Something is mocking us. I was literally like... Something is... It's a You can ask him. I'm not... Fu- so, yeah, some scratching in the attic. Yeah, it, it was haunting me. What better way to piss them off? <laughs> I'll do their <laughs> shirts inside uh, out. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. Well, so, my mind immediately jumped to ghost and demon. So, what is a rat? Like, that would not even be on my radar. Well... Chris did not have that mentality. She did not. not like, Which I mean, good for her. Yeah. She's well, like, obviously some rats going yeah, on. Yeah, right. but I mean, come on. You hear the noise. That's not my first thought is rat. No. It's, uh, and mm. that the noise that you heard was yeah, not rat no, related. no. It was Hell not no. squeaky. It was not adorable. Yeah, no. Uh, it was some scrapings. Although, you know, thankfully, luckily, knock on wood, I've never had to deal with that problem. Maybe that's exactly what rats sound like in a house. Maybe it is. And I just, I'm just bougie or something. Uh, and I don't that's know. That's what they sound like then they're 
partying down. Oh, yeah, they were getting it. Yeah. Uh, so she tells the housekeeper, you know, hey, do something about those rats. And he's like, yeah, right, I'm on it, boss. And so the next scene we see Chris is on set filming one of her, like a new film. And she's at Georgetown University and they're filming. And this is where you meet Burke Dennings, who's the director of the film. He's played by Jack McGowan. Now, this is actually Jack McGowan's last film. Wow. Um, I read, according to the Exorcist page on Fandom, he died of the flu one week after completing his scenes for this Holy film. Holy shit. Damn, what the fuck? Yes. This is kind of playing into a lot of people's ideas of the this curse. film being cursed. Oh my um, gosh. So also, before she talks to Burke, before Chris talks to Burke, Burke is already talking to another gentleman who just so happens to be William Peter Blatty. How funny. <laughs> in a cameo role. And so they're talking about the film and they uh, go and they start shooting the scene. And just in the background, you see, for the first time in this film, Father Damien Karras, who will yeah. also be very, very important yes. later. But right now, he's just kind of an extra right. hanging out in the background. And he's, he's just kind of creeping there, huh? He's no, just yeah. He's like, just hanging out. But yeah, again, hanging if... out. He's like hiding behind people, just looking <laughs> at her. But like, yeah. it's a film set. Like, that's no, exciting. Yeah. If there was a film being, uh, if there was something being made at like my university, I'd yeah, be peeking. Yeah, go check oh, it yeah, out. But I mean, he's just kind of like, <laughs> no, yeah. kind of like staring back there. He's like, come on. He looked amused. He didn't look disapproving. He did, he no, did look yeah, amused. Yeah. He looked very amused by it. Um. Uh, Damien Karras is played by Jason Miller, who's actually, this is his debut, his film debut. I think he was more involved in uh, theatrical productions before this, which is where he was discovered for this film. Well, he's great. Oh, no, he's, for this to be your first. Yeah, I never would have guessed. No, and I think he got nominated for an Oscar for his role, which, well earned. Yeah. Well earned. Yeah. So after they film the scene and you get that very subtle introduction of these characters, which is pretty interesting because they don't really share any screen time. No, yet. not at all. Um, Chris is walking home from the university after they film some of this stuff. And she I guess it's Halloween because some kids run by and they've in got costumes. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't really come up. I don't remember, at remember all. anybody saying, yeah. oh, by the way, it's Halloween. You're going to take your daughter trick or treating. Yeah, no. not at all. So. Chris kind of returns the favor because as she's walking home, she sees Father Karras counseling somebody outside of the university. And, and she it just looks kinda, passionate. It, it does. Looks, yeah. She's peeking in on him. Also, when she's walking home, this is the first time that we hear the theme. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. Which immediately, goes, it's, yeah. it's sunny outside. She's peacefully walking down the street. Immediately, the music sets you on edge. Mm-hmm. Like, it is immediately disturbing. And it honestly, it's odd because because it's not really the best place for that to be played at that no. moment. It fits the scene oddly, but it's eerie. Yeah, it makes it eerie. Yeah. It's uh and that's a that's one of the great horror themes Absolutely. of all time. If yeah. you've never heard Tubular Bells, please <laughs> look that up. So Chris gets home and we see her first real interaction with her daughter, Reagan, who's played by Linda Blair. And I gotta say, potentially, outside of maybe Haley Joel Osment in the sixth sense. The best child actor I've ever seen. No, she's in incredible in this. No, yeah, she did a damn good yeah. job. Yeah. Real good. Child actors, for me, typically break a film. <laughs> a lot <laughs> of, oftentimes they do. They take no, you right out of it. That's why when there's a good one, you're like, oh, that kid did I, good. Did that, it's like yeah. surprising. Because uh, I, I do too, though, honestly. I And I hate saying it because it sounds bad. But I really don't like kids in movies. <laughs> I don't. No. Because 
I'm not a kid anymore. I can't identify with that. I don't even remember no. being a fucking kid. Like, man, I'm not going to lie. Kid. Yeah, fuck no. that kid. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, I'm I'm watching a rated R movie. I want to see adults doing shit. Right. I get it. Sometimes the kids are, you know, part of the story and it's great. Yeah. And in this case, she did a really good job. An and like you said, the job. Sixth Sense is also right. you know, great. But there's just sometimes, you know, the kids are just like, ah, shut up, you little fucker. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let the adults get killed already. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Wasting my time. Yeah. I think, and the thing about this film is that the film, if it was a bad child actor, this film would oh, work. Be no, yeah, it yeah. would be ruined. It completely is hinged on her. No, yeah. It's good. I also read that the role almost went to uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. That's insanity. Which would be, I wonder mm. how that would have turned out. Love Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, yeah. yeah but she was 15. That would have been about right. Yeah. Oh, shit. She, they had asked her to do it, and her mom, Janet Lee, was like, oh, hell no. She wanted no parts of it. So, yeah, Linda Blair got it. I also read a rumor about uh, Carrie Fisher and Debbie wow. Reynolds. They were really into casting mother-daughter situations. Well, wow, I mean. And it's crazy because you get this relationship between Reagan and Chris that feels so real. It does. And, and it's very wholesome. And playful. And no, and they, I think they, they establish that, that in a, a really times, great yeah. way. Yeah. It's organic and it's not expository. They're not like, remember all the, you know, yeah, all yeah, the fun yeah, times yeah. No, we it, had? It yeah. did. They did a good job of they it. They did. So you get that introduction to the two of them and you see her as a very happy, playful child which is a stark contrast into how we're going to see her later Definitely. in the film. So in the next scene, we see Father Karras is at the subway, and he's on his way to see his mother, but he gets stopped first by a homeless man yeah. who asks for change in a very strange way. Yeah. And he, what did he say? Father, I'm an old altar boy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That he was an altar boy. He's like, I'm Catholic. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And... For some reason, Karis is like, ugh. And yeah, he, like, he yeah. looks at him funny and then, like, leaves. Like, well, I mean, the shot that they had on the guy's face and the lighting, he looked fucking scary. I would have, I might have been scared too. Yeah. Karis yeah, <laughs> is like, sweet. I'm not dealing with Joe, that. Joe, man of God, help him out. Yeah. Oh, oh. Throw him a sandwich or something. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you're, I mean, you would think you're a man of the cloth, you would do something. No, I was surprised. Uh, he just walked just, off. Yeah. So, like I said, he's on his way to see his mother. Who I guess lives in a kind of rundown mm. neighborhood. Yeah, in New those York. kids were yeah, fucking it shit. Pretty oh, rough. It's yeah. pretty bad. Bouncing on cars and yeah. breaking windows. Little fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Again, kids are bad. No, we, yeah, yeah, I guess there's anything this. from this. So he gets to his mother's apartment, and he, as he makes his way in, he sees all these old pictures of himself. You actually see pictures that he apparently used to be a boxer at one point in time. It doesn't say exactly what level he was, but it does have trophies and awards and stuff like that. Yeah, right, yeah I did notice that too. I thought that was very interesting because I did read that there's it's kind of more detailed in the novel. And this is the kind of detail that you can only get when the person who wrote the novel also wrote the screenplay. True, yeah. And William Peter Blatty, I've never read the novel, but if the screenplay is anything going on right. it, I'm sure it's... Amazing. Yeah. He all he actually won the Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay for The well, Exorcist. He deserved it. So he talks to his mother, and his mother seems very sweet. Yes. Their relationship seems very sweet. It like is. he takes good care of her. She's she does seem like a very sweet old lady. She's ill. Yeah. Um and he kind of is trying to convince her to maybe 
move to a place that she can be looked after because of how ill she is. Right. She's not trying to hear it. She's not having it. No. And but I can't blame her. If I no. live somewhere oh, yeah. for years and years and years, yeah, she's like, I'm not going anywhere. No. Yeah. I'm like, I'll die here. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about me. <laughs> right. Just throw me in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we are transported back to the basement of the Georgetown house that Reagan and Chris share. And Chris finds a Ouija board. She's super chill about finding this. She's very chill about it. Again, I I guess a a, a testament to her level headedness, because I would be like, where the fuck did you get this? (laughs) There's here's the other here's the other thing. I I, I wouldn't have been as cool either. (laughs) I, I'm I'm very intrigued by that because there's not a lot of background as to where that came from. No, Reagan well, just found it in the house, and they're right, renting this house because she did. She does ask her, "Where yeah. did you find that?" And she says, "In the box mm-hmm. over yeah. there." Yeah, yeah, and it's just there. Yeah, and instead of being you know more inquisitive, she's like, "Let's play Let's with play it." Play with yeah. it. Yeah, which is the smartest thing to do. <laughs> so uh, they start playing with it, and. Chris says, you know, you need two people. And she's like, oh, bullshit. I play with my, I play all the time yeah. uh, by myself. And I talk to my good friend, Captain Howdy. Which again is a red flag. Uh, uh, yeah. At this point, Reagan is too old to be having any kind of imaginary exactly. friend. Exactly. I was going to ask you about that because you're both, you're parents. I'm not a yeah. parent. Right. So there's a lot no. of this film that I'm like, yeah, eh. she's a little She's old supposed to be, be what, 12 She's in turning the movie? 13 on Sunday. They yeah. Say. Oh, yeah. No, no if, if our daughter is eight and if she came up with some, oh, I've been playing with this Ouija board, Captain Howdy bullshit. <laughs> Mm-mm. Yeah, no, nah, you got to go. You and the board get out. Captain <laughs> You're Howdy. broken. We'll get another one. I, I read on the internet a lot of people think that they named the demon as at this point because we know Captain Howdy is not is going to turn out to be a nefarious individual. Yes. Right. The movie is called The Exorcist. Yes. Um, they said that the demon was potentially named Captain Howdy because her father's name was Howard. Oh. And that it was like the demon's way of kind of slinking in, like almost in the back door. And I feel like there's a lot of stuff with her dad that... Yeah, is not fully fleshed out, no. but it's definitely a like a presence in the house. Right, yeah, you know right. they're div- you know they're divorcing. But yeah, but, and that's about it. And but Chris says, "No, you know I'll always love your dad." Like it's it's a really weird like. Honestly, at first I thought that the father had died. Yeah, and then but it turns no. out, yeah, because we learn later there's some disputes. Yeah, it's yeah, a really right, right. really odd situation that I'm sure it would be weighing on Reagan at this point, right, and that right. would Absolutely. be a good way to kind of. No. Hey. Oh, yeah. no, yeah, that's true. One thing I did, I always feel weird whenever I pronounce Ouija, Ouija, we, you know, I, I read that <laughs> it was named after yes in French and yes in German. So it should be pronounced we, ya, yeah, but nobody fucking does that no. on the planet oh, Earth. Ouija yeah, is fine. Ouija, it's like a squeegee, but, Luigi. Yeah, it's, but with demons squeegee. in it. Luigi. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Wario. <laughs> <laughs> so they start playing with the... Ouija board and the planchette just whips away from Chris. You know, I didn't notice that until we watched it again. Yeah. Like even when I watched really? it, yeah, I didn't no. notice that. And then we watched it and I was like, oh shit, it, is it slapped it out of her hand. Whipped yeah. away like, from what? her and she's like, you don't want me to play. No, and that's the thing. Girl, is you like, know that Reagan did not <laughs> right. do that. There you are no rats in your it. attic and you, yeah, you Reagan did not do that. that. <laughs> And you watched it happen. No, like, come yeah. On, man. <laughs> that was in plain sight. Yeah. She just treats it like it's nothing. Yeah, no. I wouldn't have been that cool. No, <laughs> at all. So the next scene takes us back to Father Karras, and he's talking to Father Tom Birmingham about reassignment. 
I guess Karis wants out. He's kind of having a crisis of faith. And this is a very serious conversation with a uh, rambling man. <laughs> By Blasting the Almond Brothers, the yeah, just playing in the background. Yeah. They're at a bar drinking. It's good shit, though. <laughs> no, yeah. Interestingly, Father Birmingham is played by Father Thomas Birmingham. Oh wow! <laughs> yes, he was an actual Jesuit priest. Really? Yes. Oh um, shit! The crazy thing is that he taught William Peter Blatty at Georgetown University. Oh my god! Damn. Um, according to Wikipedia, they said that in his class. Blatty had to do a school project and Father Birmingham said, hey, why don't you do a project on demonic possession? And then... Right. And, yeah. And the rest is history. How cool. Uh, and That's now really you cool. know the rest <laughs> of the story. <laughs> so I thought that was crazy. But so he had a cameo in the movie basically as himself. Right, right, right. And he was also a technical advisor for the film. That's really, really so that's cool. that's pretty neat. So the next scene we see is Chris is arguing on the phone with... Really, I don't know who because it's not Reagan's father. It's like a someone between. Like I think a, she's trying to get a hold of the dad, right? Yeah. Because she's sitting there complaining about being on the line for so well, long. She's really and, upset. Yeah. Um, I guess he loudly didn't, upset. He didn't call Reagan for her birthday. Yeah. Right. And so, so she's losing her shit. Justifiably. Which, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Reagan is literally on the other side of the wall listening, listening to everything. That, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, it's got to make her feel good that her mother's going to bat for her like True. that. Like, no, you will get a happy birthday. She was mad. <laughs> no, it was bad. Um, so later that night, Chris wakes up and she finds Reagan in bed with her. She's like, what are you doing here? And she said that she couldn't sleep because her bed was shaking. Again, no questions. No questions. Yeah, no just, questions. Uh, that's normal. So, yeah, I All guess right. uh, bed's uh, shake. Right. Bed we'll shake. That happens. Yeah. Yeah, and then... <laughs> We'll get you a new bed. Right, one that doesn't shake. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. We've, sorry, we've, but your your bed is switched to shake on. The yeah, shake right, on. Right. That's your problem. Turn you that you off. put the 50 cents in here, didn't yeah. you? you that's, your, yeah. that's not on us. We just sold you the yeah, bed. Right. Um, so she gets up in the middle of the night, Chris does, and she hears the rats right. in the attic again, but it sounds way more ferocious and terrifying. This is one fucked up rat. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. one juiced up rat just fucking killing it at night for some reason. So she's finally fed up with it. So she decides that she's going to go up to the attic herself and investigate. So she takes a candle with her and she's walking around and she sees that the rat traps have not been activated. Mm -hmm. So there's no rat there. Yeah. Yeah. Which that would have made me. I would have jumped right the fuck back down. Exactly. Yeah. Nope. Good night. (laughs) I guess this movie has just really made me realize what a coward I am. (laughs) Oh, no, I would. Chris and I no, would have made none of the same decisions. Um, Where's the maintenance guy? Hey, yeah, exactly. Check that shit up. She's so rich. She's got a person for everything. Oh, it yeah. seems. Get your attic man <laughs> to yeah, go check no. this shit out. So she has a candle. The candle in her hand fucking explodes. Yeah. In a flame. As one of the maintenance men is like, yeah. there's no rats. And yeah, she, but she right. snaps at him like he threw gasoline on the candle. Yeah, like, why'd you do that to my the candle? Carl didn't do that. And again, the, <laughs> he didn't do it. Give Carl a break. He didn't do that. The candle is never brought up again. No, I would and be, there's been no explanation for it. I would be telling that story for the rest of my life. I was yep. holding a candle and it fucking exploded. It, it right. did. And I would tell this story to anyone who wanted to hear it because it's that outlandish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That. That seems like something you would need to tell somebody. Who's like, did where'd you get these candles from? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it flares up, oh. and she's like, Carl. Yeah, I'm like, Man, like, why'd you do that? He didn't do anything. No, just because he scared you, he didn't do right. anything else. <laughs> so the next scene, we're back at Georgetown University, and a priest is taking flowers into like a church, I guess. Right. It's like a church, 
And as he's setting the flowers down, he sees that a Virgin Mary statue has been absolutely desecrated. Horribly. Horribly desecrated. Um, They attached a bloody breast to it as well as a bloody phallus. Yeah. Right. And my question- or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, At this moment, who are we supposed to believe has done this? That's a good question. That's a really even, good you question. know, I really didn't even think about that. Right? Like, yeah, I'm I like, didn't even think about that. They show it like it's a big reveal, and I'm like, who did it, though? <laughs> Where did this come from? Yeah. I don't know. So the next scene, we see Father Karras is in a psychiatric hospital with his uncle, and they're visiting his mother, who's been committed, like, against his wishes yeah. and against hers, very clearly. Yeah. Um, the uncle. The uncle's a dick. Yeah, he is. Oh, yeah. That, that's... Well, because he's because ba- Father Karras... I guess is a psychologist for the men in the priesthood. Yes, right. Am I right. understanding that right? Yes. So his uncle is like, uh, "You should have just been a rich psychiatrist, and then yeah, your mom would dick. be in no, yeah. a penthouse." Yeah. It's like, well, we're not there. No, yeah. he's a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Right. Clearly, the uncle is blaming Damien yeah, Karras for what's going on, and then he goes to see his mother, and then his mother blames him for what's going on. Yeah. So he's getting it from all sides. Which is just really yeah, sad. That's not fair. And she does that the just heartbreaking line, "Why did you do this to me, Demi?" Yeah. And it's like he didn't. You know, it's it's just heartbreaking. And I feel like this movie, and there are more examples of this later, but I feel like this is the first big one. A lot of really important plot development happens off screen. Yes. So this is one like, yeah, we knew that his mom, you know, was sick and that he's like, no, you don't need to be going up and downstairs. And she's like, oh, I know. Like, you know, she's Mm -hmm. one of those ladies that's just not going to listen. But all of that happens off screen that she somehow hurt herself. The uncle has come. He's committed her to this place. You know, we don't see any of that happen. It's kind of interesting how it's done. And you don't feel like, man, I wish I could have seen that. Right. No, you feel like you're still part of it. And honestly, you feel like Damien Karras because he wasn't there for it either. No, yeah. yeah. Because the uncle put her there, right? Yes. So it's not, it wasn't even his fault. No, but but he gets blamed. Yeah, the uncle's like, what are you going to take her in? He's like, what the fuck? Why'd you bring her here? Yeah. Yeah. And then he throws in his face. He's like, well, uh, are you going to put her in a private hospital and pay for it? And then he decides to blow off some steam by beating the shit out of a punching bag at a gym. Yeah. (laughs) Calling on those old boxing days. Yeah. Uh, Sugar Damien Karras. (laughs) (laughs) Wreck and shop. So the next scene, Chris is throwing a party at her house and Burke Dennings, the director, is making a drunken ass of himself. Oh, oh my God, God. That's so funny. <laughs> it's like, it's bad. He's, yeah. calling, he's calling some guy a Nazi. Yes, and Nazi following pig. Him, following Nazi him around, pig, yes. harassing that's him. Don't they physically fucking... start fighting? Yeah, because he's yeah, like, in the you, kitchen. you're too close, man. <laughs> he gets mad. He, <laughs> he fucking, well, yeah. He was saying, I'm Swiss. No, yeah, he's, he's like, like, come on. Also, Reagan's mingling around this party. I guess uh-huh. it's before her bedtime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so Chris is speaking to Father Dyer, who is another priest. From what I read, he is, I guess, not Karis's boss, but he's a level above him. Okay. okay. And Father Dyer was played by Father William O'Malley. He was also a Jesuit priest who was a technical wow. advisor for the film. It's he's like, a good actor. He was yeah, a great he did actor. A good job. Yeah, he I did genuinely a good job. was surprised by that. But um, Father Dyer is talking to Chris, and she asks him about Father Karras without right. naming names because she doesn't know him. No, yeah, yeah. And uh, he says, you know, oh, Father Karras's mother passed away last night, right. and um, 
Another thing that we don't see play out. No, not at all. We no, just kind of see yeah. the fallout from it. So Burke, again, like we said, he gets into a drunken squabble with that man he the deemed server. to be a yeah. Nazi. The Swiss guy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so he gets taken out and they're like, you know, send him on his way. Right. They get yeah. a car for him and he leaves. Then Father Dyer is fucking pulling an Elton John and killing it on the piano and singing... <laughs> singing for everybody well and reagan's supposed to be upstairs asleep she and is. they are doing the they most care. down yeah, there yeah. oh shit they're being loud yeah. ah, all right. <laughs> no common courtesy yeah, no. like oh the kid's sleeping no fuck nope. it no. like sing along with me <laughs> um now reagan hears it apparently because she comes downstairs and commits the greatest party foul <laughs> of all time in the history of horror films and uh she says non-specifically i don't know who she was talking to she's talking to the astronaut Oh. Yeah, there's oh, a yeah. guy earlier oh, in the party. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's talking about going into space and Father Dyer's even like, "Oh, I want to be the first missionary on Mars." And That's right. Yeah, she says it and then his face is like, "The what? fuck?" Like, yeah, he she tells him, "You're going to die up there." Yeah. Which is the last thing you want to hear if no you're going shit. out yes. yeah, into, space. into space. And after she says that, she starts peeing on the rug. Furiously Furiously. Peeing. Like, it's a lot of pee. It is. She drank a lot. She must have been drinking when <laughs> she was party. battling. Yeah. And Chris, her reaction is okay, but she's like, Rake? Reagan? Like, she's... Oh, my God. Yeah. She's... And so she apologizes for Reagan, and she takes her upstairs. She gives her a bath. The party's over. There, there's no going back to the no, party. No, it's, oh, yeah. it's You done. can't go back down there. No. So she gives her a bath, and then she's like, why did you say that? She doesn't say... What did that mean? Which I think is a much more important question. Yeah. You yeah. Know, uh, why did you say that? And Reagan doesn't answer. She's like, oh. <laughs> and so she puts um, Reagan to bed and Reagan's like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Which is a, ter- I'm it's not really a parent, sad. but that's a terrifying question. I would have yeah. to. I can't, I can't, <sighs> you know, I can't even imagine. So Chris says, you know, it's just nerves. You know, she's got a lot going on. She, they just moved mm-hmm. to Georgetown. Um, they've got this ongoing divorce and they're about to move again and they're about to yeah they're gonna move yeah. to Los Angeles so it's a lot of stuff going on so she's like you know maybe it is just a matter of all this stress coming up right so Chris goes downstairs and she goes to check on the progress of the uh, pee cleaning situation that she's put <laughs> her pee cleaning maid on yes which I think is a little messed up like if you guys are parents if your kid throws up somewhere you're gonna it's clean your it. responsibility right? yeah. Yeah. Clean it. come on chris i know you're successful and rich but she's a movie star give her some slack right Did you clean that piss yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah and she she hears reagan screaming and so she runs back to the room and reagan's bed is shaking violently like shaking like an earthquake is going on in the room and yeah. she's you know there's no way that no anybody is you know she gets onto the bed with her yeah and she holds her and is still being shaken and, no, and yeah. around. like yeah. the bed is going bananas so uh, the the problem it's a rough night it's a rough yeah. night to say it's the least you got the bed you got the pissing you got yeah. the bed it's it's rough so after this we see father dyer go to visit father karis after his little mini concert got ruined by the pissing <laughs> and um Father Karras be drinking. Oh, yeah. Father Karras is trashed. Yeah. Yeah. He's wasted. He is. So he puts Father Karras to bed very politely, and they have a little banter, which is great. I didn't know this before. Um, I read somewhere that William Peter Blatty used to be a comedy writer before he wrote The Exorcist. So it kind of, you kind of get that in all these little character moments, you know? So you get that there with the clever writing between the two of them. And so. That night, Father Karras has a nightmare. It's uh, oddly a lot of imagery from 
what Father Marin saw in a rock. Yeah, it's creepy. Like, I thought that was very strange. And his mother's in it. Yeah, and I guess, so he sees her, he sees, there's a that medallion necklace looking thing with... Um, right, that we've seen when yeah. he dug up. It's falling. Yeah. And then you see his mother coming up from the subway platform. And, and he's then, screaming, yeah. trying to get her attention. And she waves at him like she, or no, she is holding. She's stuff. saying yeah, his name. She's saying his, something. Yeah. I mean, you can't hear anything, but you can see yeah, her mouth that she's her, saying yeah. his name. Yeah. And it's, it makes sense because his mother just passed away. He just away, lost her. So of course he's going to be dreaming about her. Yeah. Um, but then as soon as she starts to descend back down the subway, you see this flash of like a white faced yep. yeah. like demon. demon. Yeah. And he starts chasing after her at the subway. And then the St. Christopher medallion drops to the ground. And that's the end of the dream. What did you guys think of that? Like, what did you take it to mean? I mean, I think the part with his mom is pretty obvious. Like, he tried to help her. He tried and and he lost her anyway. She's gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. Because the the, the demon was present. Oh, no. He was there. And at this point, he wouldn't even know about any. No, he has no idea. Yeah. One, I'm wondering if maybe it was like uh, an attack already on him. Maybe, you know maybe, what I mean? like, yeah, like, like breaking him down. Yeah, like he, like the demon already knew, Pazuzu already knew. Oh, you're gonna come later. I better start now. Start right. working on yeah. him. Maybe. So the next scene we see is Reagan is at the doctor, and she's absolutely losing her shit. Yeah. The doctor, I guess, he says that he thinks Reagan has a problem with her temporal lobe. Or was it a frontal frontal lobe? Her temporal, temporal lobe. Temporal lobe. I would think frontal lobe would make more sense because that's personality. Yeah. No, he specifically says that. Yeah, it's, he says it a few times. The it's temporal probably lobe. Probably a lesion on yes. her temporal lobe. That's weird. Well, I'm not a doctor. And if it's a lesion, <laughs> it'll be easy because they can just take the scar off. Exactly, is what yeah, he's which sounds like not real me- medical jargon. It's like, yeah, so we'll uh, cut her head open and. Uh, yeah. It's like, are you a real doctor? We're hoping yeah. for a lesion on her brain. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, um, he says that whatever the bed shaking from the night previous was caused oh, by yeah. a seizure and muscle spasm. I would have <laughs> punched this doctor in the face. Yeah. No, I uh, definitely. And then when she... <laughs> <laughs> You're getting mad all over it's again. So because she is telling him what happened with the bed. He's like, oh, muscle spasm, seizure, what have you. She's like, no, I got on the bed. Yeah. yeah. It was with shaking her. me. He's like, well, and then the problem- and then looking at it as a parent, you know, you would be mad if you knew something was wrong. Yeah. And then somebody's like, ah, that's not what it is. No. And then he has the audacity to be like, come on. The yeah. problem with your daughter is not her bed. Yeah. I, like, I oh, would have caught a case. That's all uh, I'm saying. It's her brain. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Yeah. Uh, I will say I did like that they went the medical route first in this movie because a lot of skeptics, when it comes to like the idea of possession, they'll right, say, well, right. you got to travel down those medical yeah, pathways first gotta... before you start being like, oh, no, nope, a demon it's hopped a inside. Demon. Yeah, a demon's test driving this kid. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was smart. So they put Reagan through this medical procedure that is honestly oh brutal God. as fuck. This is the part that was uh, supposedly making people vomit and faint in the theater. And I understand oh my, why. It looks, oh, they, it's horrible. Apparently the people that were doing this procedure were actually in the medical field. So everybody that was doing this was actually doing what they would normally right, do in right. the situation. 
which is probably why well, it, it came it across. Looked good though, it did. Yeah, it, it did. all looked real good, and it it was uh pretty rough for me personally. Something very interesting though is the bearded man that is like assisting during this thing. He was a radiologist, and he actually in a few years after the movie came out, became a convicted murderer. Right. Is that the one with the Joe Exotic bracelet? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I, that's why I noticed too. I told her, I said, that dude's got a leather studded bracelet on. I didn't know that didn't that's what doctors that. Is that the wore sign? Yeah. They... No, he did. Yeah. So he was convicted of the murder in 1979. They sentenced him to a minimum of 20 years. He was paroled in 2003 and then got off parole in 2008. And then kind of faded into obscurity. But before he was convicted of that murder, he was suspected in a series of slayings in Manhattan. Before? Before he was convicted. They even brought it up at his trial that he was going to specifically leather bars and picking up gay men and the men would be gone they would be thrown into the river and washed back up shore mute washed back up and they still gave this dude a job this is after oh this is after (laughs) i was like damn they knew about him killing people but they're mutilated and dismembered washed up in trash bags it's called they're called the bag murders it's still not solved oh shit yeah Damn, and he the was fuck? the one and he was the radiologist in the exorcist see and now this makes a lot more sense because his name did not flip a switch with me it didn't, no you know, it, it wasn't something ping, that i remember yeah but he was portrayed in the second season of mind hunter huh yes he was the guy that greg and wendy go and meet together are you fucking serious i am dead serious so it makes sense that they think that he did more than that one because they in that show they wow. interview serial killers and right, so right, he right, was right. you know that was okay, a good so, show no, yeah, yeah no for the second time in two episodes i got to say if you haven't watched mindhunter finish this <laughs> no, episode that was a really and go really fucking good watch show. mindhunter um after this the doctors head to the mcneil home and reagan is upstairs whipping her hair back and forth <laughs> <laughs> And she's also like hopping up and down in really unnatural ways, right? And she collapses on the bed and her eyes roll yeah. back white in her head and her throat There's like, a huge yeah, bulge in like her throat. Frog. Yeah. yeah. Oh my and you hear this low, like rumbling <gasps> voice. And I think what got me is the doctor walks up like I see this all the time. <laughs> all right, yeah, Reagan, he does. <laughs> Like, this is not a common occurrence I at all. I hate this doctor. No, this doctor's uh, terrible. Oh, no, yeah, they're bad. They're... <laughs> I hate him. Well, and rightfully so, Reagan decks the shit out of him. Oh, yeah. Which and should. <laughs> yeah, it was rewarding. I wanted to do that. Oh, yeah. It was rewarding for all of us watching at home. <laughs> and then she starts saying some pretty crude shit. She does. Or at least the, the whatever is dwelling within her. Yes. Um, That's the other thing. I'm going to be talking about this demon but also calling it reagan because i don't know what else you know i mean it's it's the girl physically it's reagan exactly right so that's that's gonna be happening a lot they after she says some shit it's in a much deeper voice gravelly kind of creepy you can tell it's a woman you can tell it's a female voice but it's (laughs) yeah it's it's pretty bad (laughs) yeah uh the voice uh, was performed by an actress <laughs> called uh, Mercedes McCambridge, and she was actually an Academy Award-winning actress before all this happened, God before damn. The Exorcist. Um, I've heard rumors of her like 
messing up her throat by smoking and drinking a lot and eating eggshells. Eating eggshells, I read. Fuck? And I also yeah. read that she broke her sobriety to start drinking too. I guess aggravate her throat for this for, role. Just for that? For this role yeah. in The Exorcist, oh. yeah. And it, hey, it paid off. It worked it very did. well. Yeah, but, but she, she had for like, all that shit? She did. And, but there was an issue as far as credit was concerned because there were conflicting stories that I read that said that when the film first came out, she didn't want credit for doing the voice because hmm. she wanted people to think that it was um, wow. Linda Blair and that it was a part of the performance. And then whenever the film got big, she wanted credit for having done She's it. She's like, now hold on. No, but, I, they probably did that and were like, you don't need any of this money. And that's, <laughs> see, and that's what I'm wondering is, I don't know if, because that's how I think um, Friedkin tells it. It could be she wanted credit and she never got it. Right. Like, hey, why did I not see my name Which on the fucking credits? Which honestly would make more sense. Absolutely. Why would she not? But it caused a controversy because... Linda Blair got nominated for an Academy Award for this performance, and then when they found out that part of her performance was done by another actress, it was pretty much a guarantee that she was not going to win. Yikes. But that's voice acting, though. It's not like, I mean... she And it's tough because she gave an incredible performance. She no, did. she did, but, I mean, it's still Linda Blair I don't Linda know how Blair anyone could have expected shit. a little girl to be making that voice. I don't... I, I wouldn't have believed it for a well, second. That's I'd be like, that's Why wouldn't you assume that there was... I mean, I don't know. Honestly, at some points, it sounds like a man. It does. It's so very like, no, it does. There's no it way... Does. I, I forget how old Linda, Linda Blair was at the time. She's Maybe, like 14. Yeah, I'm like, there's no way a 14-year-old girl is making the sound. And for the Academy to be fooled, they're like, damn, this kid can act. <laughs> <laughs> damn, she good. <laughs> but it's just crazy to me. Um, so anyways, for some reason, the doctors still believe this shit is mental after all yeah. they've seen. And the, the doctor that looks they like suck. Teddy yeah. Roosevelt... <laughs> yeah, he he, compare, he compares it to a woman lifting a car off of her child. Yeah, like that, that she's was getting the this stupidest strength. shit. Like you're out of uh, your fucking mind, sir. I think that too would have, like I said, again, looking at it from a parent's point of view, I probably would have punched him. <laughs> no, like, come on, like, are you, that's what you're telling me. And thankfully, Chris is like, did you? See yeah, what I saw? Yeah. You were there. So they recommend another medical procedure, and she's like, are you fucking kidding me? And then instead, they... Uh no, they actually go through with that. No, they do. That and it's time that they do. machine whirring, and it's fucking yeah. unbearable. That's right. Yeah. Reagan looks like she's being tortured. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, didn't find anything. Yeah. <laughs> Again. So I know this sounds stupid, but uh, is that like, I guess what, like an MRI machine was back then or something? Or it, was it? I have no it idea. Because like I've a... done, I've been in an MRI machine one time for uh-huh. my back. And it was just the circle, and you laid in there, and they put you in there, <laughs> yeah. and it, you hear all kinds of yeah. It's what it is, just like a cylinder, and you just kind of lay in there and don't move, and then you just hear loud banging, and it's like this fucking sucks. Well, yeah, that's I not bet. what they did for Reagan. They have no. this primitive. No, yeah, that was <laughs> terrifying. Like, what? It was also technology. 1973. That's well, that's fair. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. You know? But after they uh, realize that they can't explain it with any of this stuff, they say maybe she should see a psychiatrist. And at this point, I'm like, did you what, see what I saw? Yeah. What they were telling her before, too, is we don't need to go that route. Yeah. And then and now, now it's they're like, like yeah, All right, maybe, maybe it's, time. it's oh, out wait, of our no. hands. So they take Reagan home and Chris gets home. And when she gets home, the lights are flickering and she walks inside. It's all it's it doesn't feel like a rolling blackout or anything. It feels deliberate. Yeah, it does. Like it's 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 pretty eerie. But she gets up to the room 
and she wants to check on Reagan and it's freezing in her room because the window's open again. Yeah. Like, it's like, nobody's like, why does this keep happening? And it's foreshadowing. I'll say that and leave it there for now, but it's foreshadowing a lot with that window in the cold in the room. Yeah. But she goes downstairs and she talks to the housekeeper and then she gets a knock at the door and it's a guy who works with Chris and Burke, the director. And so... He walks inside and he he takes off his hat, which is the universal sign of good news. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> when you see that, it's like, oh, like, oh shit. Uh, Did we win the yeah. lottery? <laughs> no. Um, she He tells her that Burke is dead. Which is another important event that happens off screen. Exactly. Right, we don't right. see this at all. Yeah. But we they say that he was found at the bottom of the stairs just outside their house. They assume he was drunk. And But Chris's assistant told her because she was yelling at her for leaving the window open and where the hell were you Mm -hmm. she was like oh i had to go get reagan's medicine and burke said he would sit with her so he was in the room with her yeah he was at least in the house yes and so the only people that could have been there were reagan and burke right i do want to make a confession before we go any further what's that when that guy's ringing the doorbell Mm -hmm. i thought it was the fucking phone ringing the whole time and she just wasn't answering it I and did I, too. Yeah, and I, I was like, I was like, God damn! How many times do you guys not answer the phone? I was yeah, like, what like, the fuck? It's just ringing and ringing. Oh, and we then she opens the door, and then dude's there, and that's yeah. when he tells her about uh, Burke dead. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, why isn't anybody answering the phone? And I was it's like, like oh, we didn't answer like, phones in the seventies. Yeah, and then when I, I watched it again. I was like, oh shit, that was the doorbell. Yeah, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I'm not gonna say nothing. Uh, I do want to make a quick point right here because. There is another version of this film called, it's tagged as the version you've never seen. And in this version of the film, the scene ends here. Chris gets the news of Burke being dead and she cries and the scene cuts to black. It fades out, yeah. But in that version, for some reason, this is where Reagan spider walks down the stairs with blood pouring out of her mouth. It's a bit much. It's a lot. And Chris is like, Oh my god! Her like, reaction is it. very underplayed. It's very subdued. Yeah, I don't know. It and does, it doesn't. It doesn't even fit. No, it it ratchet it ratchets things up way too quick, yeah. way too soon. So I'm very glad that they had the wherewithal to cut this. I read they cut that scene just before the premiere. Uh, Blatty, the writer, was pissed, but Friedkin was like, "This does not work." And, and it did. And I'm yeah, so glad that it, they cut it. it didn't. Um. So they finally take Reagan to a psychiatrist, and she undergoes hypnotherapy, and the demon starts to present itself. And apparently the way that it shows itself is that its breath stinks. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. There were some strong reactions in yeah. that room. Uh, it made me think of thriller. I was like the funk of 40,000 years. <laughs> well. <laughs> but um, it's an ancient funk. And so Reagan grabs the psychiatrist by the balls. Yeah. And like the camera follows him to the floor in agony. Yeah, but he, come on. I mean, you're going to, whoever's in there with you is also hypnotized. Bitch, I'm a demon. He tried tried it. He's like, is this like a two for one special? We can (laughs) can just hit both of you at the the same time. suggestion. Yeah, did not, did not work. Well, he got his balls suggested to the floor. He did. (laughs) Um, So the next scene, Father Karras is out for a run and we meet Lieutenant William Kinderman. He's played by Lee J. Cobb, and he's a detective that's investigating the death of Burke Dennings. Also, he's investigating the desecrated statue on campus. And for some reason, I don't know why, he's linked the two of them 
and he thinks that there might be some kind of witchcraft or cult activity. Yeah, I didn't ever understand that either. I it's always thought that too. It's a pretty loose connection, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's pretty loose. He's saying religious desecration, well, and it, then that, and then he comes out right. Do you know anything about witchcraft? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what did you, you get? Yeah. About? How did you get this out of that? I I did notice that apparently from the conversation. Karis wrote a paper about witchcraft. Yes. Yeah. And so I guess Kinderman read the paper. He was playing coy because he's like, do you know anything? He's yeah. like, you know, you know, you read his paper. Yeah. Because Karis is like, yeah, I wrote a paper on it. And he's like, I, I know. know. <laughs> it's like, why are you being coy? This whole character is so funny to no, me. No, I love this character. <laughs> he adds like a bit of levity. A little that bit, is needed yeah. Because this movie is dark as shit. Oh, no, yeah. And deep with like religion and all this stuff so we yeah we need we need kinderman and he is very welcome here so he basically asks if he has any opinion on what could have happened and he also asks if there are any priests that he knows of from his psychiatric work that could be responsible and they have a very kind of playful conversation about it. And it features some great writing where they're making like jokes about uh, confession and all yeah. this stuff. Well, yeah. no, he's trying to—he's trying to put the screws to him too, though. Very, uh, very slyly. Yeah, he's a great detective. Yeah, but he doesn't get anything from Karis. No, and the scene ends. Uh, the next thing we see is Chris is sitting at a round table of doctors, and they're all like, "Well." We're stumped, basically. Yeah. They have no idea what's going on with Reagan. And then one finally decides, potentially, the idea that Reagan might believe that she's possessed and that they should maybe look into doing an exorcism, not in the way that the Catholic Church does it or thinks that but it for works. for her benefit exactly. or to convince her. Almost like a placebo effect. Right. Now, this is interesting to me. It's a very unorthodox approach. Right, right. But I could see how it would work. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, but I mean, I just don't see a doctor being like... What about? Yeah, (laughs) what about a priest? Yeah, you ever think... (laughs) And and I don't don't know how you guys are as far as this case. I believe in a lot of supernatural things. I believe in a lot of paranormal things. I don't believe in demonic possession at all. I feel like I believe in everything. (laughs) Uh, Demonic possession, probably not as strongly as things like ghosts or aliens but i believe it enough not to be like let's fuck with it yeah (laughs) i won't say i don't believe but i feel like there's as cheesy as it sounds i think and not saying that i'm going off a movie to whatever but it kind of makes sense because in like constantine he tells them the uh, old witch doctor guy tells Keanu Reeves, he's like, they can only whisper suggestions to you. Interesting. They can't make you do anything, but they could give you the courage to do crazy shit. Why right. is that scary? Uh, so it's like, I'm not, <laughs> so it is kind of that angel demon on your shoulders. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like that question, are people just born evil? Right. Or is it learned or is it you That's know getting what I mean? into some How, nature nurture yeah. arguments. So I mean it's kinda I, I like I said, I do believe in evil and good. Mm-hmm. But possession, that's a... It's a lot. It's a lot. And honestly, it's a lot in this film because even Chris is like, come on. Yeah. At first, you know, but she's also at her wits end at this point. So she's like... right. No, right. Fuck it. Yeah. We've done all the crazy medical shit and that didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, So let's uh, let's give this a shot. And 
they ask if Reagan is religious, mm-hmm. and she's like, uh, you know. <laughs> and then when she goes home, she finds a crucifix under, under Reagan's pillow, pillow, yeah. And nobody on staff is copping to it, no. So it's like, how did it get there, right? Interestingly, whenever she finds the crucifix under Reagan's pillow at the exact same time, Kinderman is investigating the bottom of the stairs where Burke Dennings died, and he finds a very crude looking model that almost looks like it's trying to be the Pazuzu thing yeah. that uh, Father Marin, Marin found in yeah. Iraq. I noticed that too. Yeah. Right. I thought it was at Me too. first. No, it too. And like clay. I was like, no, it's clay. Yeah. But when he talks to her the first time, and he's touching the little clay turtle and all that. Uh, and he asks, who's the artist? Is it your daughter? Yeah. yeah. That's her clay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Like, oh, I was yeah. like, shit. she made that. Yeah. Which, and is, it's the same thing. That's scary. That Father Marin had found. Exactly. And it, was the, it almost looked identical. It's it's very no, creepy. Yeah, it's very yeah. eerie. Uh, obviously, Kinderman doesn't know anything about any of this. So he just picks it up. and He's like, oh, it's a thing. You yeah. know, he doesn't think anything of it. But he does go... And he um, speaks to Chris about the murder of Burke, and they kind of have a conversation about it over coffee. And there's illusions at this point, like we said, where Chris may be starting to think that Reagan might be responsible for what happened to Burke Dennings. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, And you can see she's such an amazing actress. Yes. The the faces that she's making every time that the detective isn't looking at her, it's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, running through her mind, did my child kill Burke mm-hmm. and she's still trying to keep that poker face and be cool about it you yeah. see it it's it's incredible no work. she's she's amazing so Kinderman finishes up his conversation with her and he gets an autograph from her he says that it's for his daughter yeah, under false yeah, pretenses yeah. <laughs> and then he finally admits that it's for him and it's a very adorable moment it's really cute and I'm sure Chris appreciates this little moment from all you know all the yeah. shit she's going through right now it's pretty nice to not have to deal with it for one second so Kinderman leaves, and as soon as he leaves... This is a recurring theme, I think. It is, like, the second that Chris is, like, alone for one second, shit starts going crazy again. And so she runs upstairs because she hears Reagan screaming, and the first thing that she sees, and she has a look of absolute horror on her face, and rightfully so, yeah, is... Reagan is defiling herself with that crucifix that Chris found under her pillow. Yeah. And she's saying some crude shit. That demon is vulgar, man. Quite. He's got some shit. And so, obviously, Chris sees this and tries to stop her, and they wrestle over the crucifix. And then she jams Chris's head in her crotch area. Yeah. And then lifts her back up and smacks the shit out of her. Across the room. And Chris flies back and screams in pain, which we learned was legitimate because... In the scene, the man, we saw this in this documentary, this man that was responsible for pulling Ellen Burstyn back, he was told by William Friedkin to pull her extra hard. So he does, and he ended up injuring her, and the scene that you see in the film is the scene of her actually of her being injured in her life. screaming in agony. And the shit they did back yeah. in the day. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Well, and I read that... Uh, <laughs> forever like her back was messed up forever because of that like well, she never fully if, recovered if they from that. yanked her that hard yeah. that and she even looks Linda like Blair when she's thumping back and forth when she's whipping her hair back and forth <laughs> she fractured her spine they got away with a lot back yeah. then yeah um and it sucks because on the back of that a lot of people would say the performances were great though 
but yeah, it's like you're really fucking, fucking actually agony. hurting people. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's not acting. That's not a performance. <laughs> no, not at all. So as Chris is lying on the floor, the housekeepers finally decide to come and check out what's going on. Just a little bit late to the action, I will say that. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Um, and a chair slams the door shut almost telekinetically, it seems. Right, right. And a dresser, like, almost threateningly approaches Chris. Yeah. <laughs> like, was that necessary? It's like the demon was like, get her. Yeah. And the dresser was like, I'm on it. The fucking furniture from Beauty and the Beast. I was about to say it's evil Beauty and the Beast. Uh, It is. Sure thing, boss. So so the dresser approaches her and stops short. It doesn't crush her. It doesn't attack her or anything. And then Reagan's head spins 180 degrees and it like mocks her in a British accent for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. I don't quite understand why. It's horrifying. Oh, of course. It's absolutely horrifying. Demon broke character for a second. Yeah, it's like, oh, sorry. Wrong, yeah. wrong voice. There's a lot of us in here. All right, full house. <laughs> um, so Chris is just screaming on the floor at this point. The next scene we see is Father Karis meeting Chris on a bridge, and she asks him. Eventually, she gets down to asking him if he'll casually. Yeah, like very no casually. Deal. Like it's you want a cup of coffee? No, <laughs> yeah. she's like, so what about exorcism? How about that exorcism? Yeah, father? can you perform an exorcism? And he's like, exorcism. I thought that was funny too. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so. Uh... Um, He's hesitant, but she implores him. She explains everything that's been going on, everything she's been through. He recommends a psychiatrist. She's like, I've been to every single, you know, like, come on, man. And I got to tell you, Ellen Burstyn's acting in this scene, her desperation. Yeah. Literally, I, I, I I don't know if it's just me getting older or something, but when certain emotional moments, like that weight of something like that like as she was screaming at him and she just like broke down into tears and sobbing i felt my eyes like well up i yes. felt this thing in the back of my throat i was <laughs> no, like fuck you, it, don't do no, it father do, help her though. yeah like you feel yeah because as a kid you're watching shit and then you're just like yeah fuck it up or whatever <laughs> you're on but the side then, of the demon yeah but then now you get older and it's like oh shit yeah, this you know, is what, real yeah, shit yeah, what if something like that happened yeah. like the emotional turmoil and ellen burston plays it so no, no she, yeah, is she did a really good job it's amazing and so father karis is like that's a great performance i i, I yeah. agree i'll go see reagan <laughs> and so he agrees to see her and karis sees her the first time he sees her, she looks way worse than the last the time we saw her. The deterioration from one scene to no, the next. Yeah. Unbelievable. Woo. Rapid. Yeah. And she's got like wounds in her face. Yeah. Her skin is but pale. That, that's what I was like saying. Like he's wearing her down. Yes. You know I mean? From oh, the inside. Yeah. yeah. And so Karis is kind of feeling her out because I guess there's a lot of things that you need to do in Catholicism in order to get permission to perform an to exorcism. Prove, right. yeah. You need the proof of it. And so he's trying to, you know, kind of talk to her and figure things out. You can kind of feel he's flexing that psychiatric muscle while he's doing this. Yeah. But there's a lot of unexplained shit that's going on that he kind of just shakes off a little bit because he's trying to look at it with a skeptical eye. And I get that, but if I see a drawer fly open and you can't touch it, (laughs) then I'm not going to be like, do it again. Yeah. Let me see that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Open it again. One more time. Uh, You're a sideshow. (laughs) <laughs> so um the demon inside of reagan claims to be the devil and so karis is like where is reagan and the demon says that she's in here with us which always scared me as a very, kid very very scared because it's not with me no with us, with with us. us. it's like well how many fucking well, there's a lot how many i gotta how many worry about talking? so apparently 
According to the demon, Karis's mother was also invited to the party because she's in there with them as well. And he starts to question her a little bit, and the demon <laughs> loses her lunch. Well, yes, he goes, well, if my mother's in there, then you know her maiden name. What is it? And Reagan's like, uh... <laughs> her maiden right. name was Ralph. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> so apparently the arc of the pea soup vomit that they did was right. aimed wrong. Apparently it was supposed to hit him on the chest and it hits Father Kara's right, right in, in the, the face. face. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. And it's it's pretty messed up. But um, it was a great shot though. Oh, a yeah, great yeah, shot. Did great shot. And I will th- say that I very much appreciate I can't handle vomit in movies, man. And the vomit looks very fake. Very oh, fake. Yeah. It's, so it makes it okay. It makes it okay. It doesn't make the scene any less effective. No, no. It's a very interesting balance that they get here, but it works. And so Karis is still a little hesitant about an exorcism, but Chris is still very insistent. And he reminds her, he's like, I need evidence to do it to bring to the church. I really like that he's hesitant, that he's not just like, all right, she's, yeah, let's do yeah. it. Oh, yeah, that does make it more... He's trying to be responsible. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, he's, he is starting to see the peculiarities going on. As he's leaving, though, Kinderman's outside in his car watching the whole thing go down. <laughs> I don't understand. He's just always his presence, just watching yeah. he's there. So Karis visits Reagan again to try and get more evidence to bring to the church, and he has a like a tape recorder there but like one of those old bulky ones with like yeah. big reels right and so he's talking to her and she's speaking in latin at first and then he starts trying to speak to her in latin and she's like i've worn out all my latin <laughs> <laughs> so she right, starts speaking all I knew, french yeah. yeah it's like i just took latin one i didn't fucking <laughs> i, don't know, I didn't know this was going to be a conversation so then she starts making some weird noises as she's speaking and she seems pretty keen on the idea for an exorcism, though, because she says it'll bring her, her and Reagan and, and Father and Karras, Father Karras closer yeah. together. He doesn't really ask a follow-up question on nope. that. He decides, uh, let's just hit her with the holy water. <laughs> She's not down with this. She reacts violently to the holy right. water, yeah. which is very interesting because right in the next scene when he's explaining everything to Chris, he tells her that it was just tap water. It's not water. holy water, yeah. Now, I did laugh because he's like, it's just tap water. And she goes, what's the difference? <laughs> So like what between, is the difference right. between holy water and no, tap water? Yeah. But you he's would, like, I am a priest. You would think though too though, like he is a priest, so him touching it and using it makes true. it holy. Like that that makes is true. it holy water. But apparently, there's a lot more to it. It needs to be blessed. <laughs> and then she just straight up confides in him. She's like, look. I think Reagan killed Burke Dennings. Yeah. No, yeah, she does tell him that. And she then tells he, him a couple times. He just takes it. <laughs> he doesn't really say anything. He's There's not a like, lot of really chill really, yeah. vibes. A lot of people movie. are chill right. about all the okay. weird shit. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah a, lot, a lot of people wanted to kill Burke Dennings. Right. <laughs> all right. So it's not that big of a deal. So Karis goes to the university, get that tape analyzed with all these voices and all this Latin and all these weird you know, stuff. Because there was a point where it just didn't even seem like it was even any language at all. So he goes and the analyst goes, look, it's not Latin. It's not any, you know, any language other than English. He says, this is English in reverse. And it's fucking horrifying because it's like four or five, six voices all saying these weird different things and reversed in English. Now, this is the thing that really got me that I did not catch when I was a kid. The demon is straight up calling for Father Marin. Yeah, I didn't either. And it... It gave me chills yes. because I'm like, the demon knows, man. The demon is well aware. So after this scene, he's kind of feeling like he's getting some proof. But he gets a phone call from the housekeeper who takes him in to see Reagan behind Chris's back. And when he goes in to see her, she lifts up Reagan's shirt 
and on her stomach is scratched from the inside is being scratched in. As, that's true. Yeah. As which is I gotta say the only that's the only thing that bothers me. How, the housekeeper didn't know. How did you was, know that was gonna happen? <laughs> yeah. I think she's gonna scratch some messages. <laughs> but it says help me. Yeah. And the music swells <laughs> in a very creepy. Oh yeah. oh yeah, that's yeah. And so Father Karras is like, all right, we got enough proof. Let's get this show on the road. And so he takes it up the chain. And he goes and talks to a higher up and he's explaining everything to him, everything that's been going on. And so he realizes that this demon isn't fucking around. So he's like, let's get this job done now and let's do it as soon as we can. And so the higher up says, well, you know, we will agree to it. And he talks to Father Tom as well, Father Birmingham. And he's like, well, we'll agree to it, but we need an experienced exorcist on board. It can't just be Father Karras. Yeah. It's like, Father Karras can assist, but we need someone who knows Somebody, what's going yeah. on. We need a pro. And so they decide to enlist the help of Father Marin. Well, plus he says that he's done it before yes. in a case in Africa. He and said he it, said it a, almost killed him. Yeah. For what, for weeks, I think months. he said? Months. Months, months, months. long, apparently, yeah. Father Marin took Whew. part in an exorcism. Um, actually... They've made prequel films of The Exorcist, and that's what the film is, is that uh, exorcism okay, okay. of Father Marin doing this. I don't know if those films are any good. I haven't seen them in a very long time. I, yeah. Interestingly, though, uh, there are theories that whenever Father Marin was doing those archaeological digs, that he is the one who unleashed Pazuzu. Well, that would make sense Which if does. he's calling him out by name. He's like, you did this. Yeah, <laughs> come finish <laughs> this. Look what you did, boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we get this shot of Father Marin being summoned for the exorcism, and it's this very peaceful walk that he's on. A stark contrast of yeah. everything going on in the film and what we're about to see next. Yes. Because Father Marin's going to wish he had some peace <laughs> after all the <laughs> shit that's about to go down. So interestingly, we see Father Marin arrive in a taxi to the McNeil house and we get that amazing, iconic, beautiful shot of the exorcist arriving, holding his briefcase in the hat with the silhouette, that's the perfect. light beaming down from uh, Reagan's room. The shot composition no, is just it's beautiful. Great. It's great. And the it's fog. It's like, no wonder this is on every DVD and T-shirt. Yes. And yeah, the movie poster. <laughs> it's yeah. perfect. Yeah, it's just perfect. So Marin comes inside and he meets... Oh, that's one thing I did mention. We see a shot of Reagan before Marin goes inside and the demon looks like he knows that Marin is Right, he's waiting. Oh, yeah. Before Marin even gets in the house. So, I mean, it's just kind of interesting that it's like it senses him... Just as he senses it. No, yeah. yeah. That's very neat. And you can tell even from the beginning, he sensed that evil from the statue alone. It's just interesting. I think yeah. it's a pretty no, cool it's thing. Good. It's so, like they're linked to each other almost. Yeah. It's horrifying. It <laughs> yeah. is. Uh, For real. So Marin comes inside. He meets Chris and Father Karras. And Karras goes and he gathers all the necessary materials for the exorcism. Marin kind of gives him the lowdown on how to behave and how to combat the demons like tactics and trickery. Right. It's funny. This is this section has been parodied so much. And the shot of him coming into the house. I, I when I was watching it, I thought of the boondocks. Yeah. You know, and it's like how many people have watched that but have never seen the exorcist. It's just these this cultural no, amazing it's everywhere. thing. Yeah, they even do it on uh, I can't remember what scary movie is it if it's oh, the I'm first sure. one. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. They do the exact same thing. Oh, yeah. I think it is maybe the first one at the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it's the very beginning of the movie. See, it's like they parody that entire thing. It just shows the cultural 
relevance. Yeah. Yeah. Even to this day. Hell, the impact it had on the yeah. films and everything. And all that was was just one really iconic shot mm-hmm. in one in this scene we're about to get into. Yeah. So Marin and Karis go into Reagan's room and the demon's ready. Reagan <laughs> drops a diss track on Father Marin as soon as he <laughs> immediately yes, right in. away. Like, doesn't waste any time. She does, and then he... Oh, yeah, he, immediately. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. But So he responds by fucking her up with some holy water. And the real kind this time, not, yes. not any tap water, no, no, none of that. And so she spits in his face, and it's more of that green yeah. stuff. Right, so goo. it doesn't, again, doesn't gross me out too bad. I can keep watching. What's interesting is that they're breathing, and you can see their exhale because the room is so cold. Yeah. And I read that the room was actually that Refrigerated. cold while they were yeah. filming yeah. the scenes. It wasn't... The smoke wasn't added. They refrigerated the room. And I felt bad for Linda Blair because... Yeah, yeah she's in like a fucking nightie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the two priests are all garbed up with their, you know, And regalia. she's all sweaty, yeah. so I'm sure yeah. she's freezing. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah, I bet that sucked. So it's funny because when she spits in his face, Karis is like, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> and worse. So they begin the ritual by reading the Bible. The demon's not a fan of this, clearly. No. Starts... Uh, Screaming and talking doing shit. Yeah, more yeah. vulgarities and talking all this all this good shit. Uh, <laughs> the bed begins to kind of not, I guess, vibrate, I guess. Yeah, yeah kind of shake around. Yeah, shake around on the floor. And then it just straight up levitates yeah. the entire bed. And I wonder what Marin saw in Africa because he kept his cool. But Father Karras, he had no poker face. He could <laughs> no. not hang. No, yeah, he was like, no. what the f- And you know. he just immediately disregards all the advice that Father Marin gave him before. Specifically, don't listen to him. Yes. Don't talk to him. And the demon picks up on that. Oh, yeah. He's on point. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So Karis freezes, like we said. He stops reading his section in the Bible, and Marin's like, you know, come on. Yeah, Yeah, you got to say something. (laughs) He was like Red and Shawshank. He's like, keep your eyes on your mouth, man. (laughs) (laughs) So... I, I do want to point out, and I know I did this last time. What's up? But it's it it it's again uh, when he's reading the passage from the Bibles to her. Uh huh. That part is also used in a Cypress Hill rap song. <laughs> which is it really? It, oh yeah, it's called the song's called Clash of the Titans. But at right. the beginning, it's literally him. It's that clip of him reading. The verses from the Bible to her. That's neat. And then the song starts after that. I but love how many musicians you don't realize yeah. they're into no, really good yeah. horror. Yeah, but it's but it's so good. Yeah, it's like that's how you know something's good. It's like I want that in my music. Yeah, or I want to sample that or whatever. Because how impactful gonna, it yeah, is! Yeah, exactly. that's badass. The cultural yeah. impact. It's, yeah, it's oh, immeasurable no, yeah. with this movie. It wasn't just movies and whatever. Even music, no. it went. Yeah, deep. it branched. That's incredible. Yeah, that's really incredible. Um, this part when Reagan's tongue is flicking out of her mouth. Yeah, it looks terrifying, and I don't know how they did it because it looks like it's attached to her actual tongue. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Linda Blair has a foot long tongue. Giant, unless she's Gina. <laughs> Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons' daughter. Yeah, yeah. Gina Simmons. Fucking horrible. Yeah, Gina Simmons. And so green liquid starts leaking out of Reagan's mouth. Yeah, and Marin sops it up with uh, his stole. Yeah, I don't quite understand why he does no because then he gives it to karis to clean up yeah it's like he sopped it up like ooh, save this for later but yeah. then but then he's like clean he's this like shit yeah up. get this out of here i was very confused by that um so 
Karis cleans it off and he returns it and the exorcism continues and the demon is laughing and just having a grand old time mm-hmm. until Marin makes his way over and he crosses her on her face right. yeah. in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, yeah. the whole shebang. And um, you think that this is going to be kind of something that will weaken the demon. Instead, Reagan sits up and her head rotates a perfect yep. 360 degrees. You hear the bones cracking. Yep. It is a nightmare. <laughs> it's unbearable. Which is something you really don't want to see. No. No. <laughs> Especially, no. it's got to be a little disheartening as an exorcist. She's like, man, I thought we were making right, all this time. I thought we were almost done. Yeah. yeah. Damn it. How long? How much longer are we going to be here? Yeah. <laughs> trying to catch a movie. <laughs> so... I know that Reagan was replaced by a puppet for this scene, obviously, right. of some kind, but it, it's done so well that you don't even think about it. No, you really don't. Like, at You all. don't. It's just you're watching the movie and then it's like, oh, shit. You're just enthralled. Yeah. No, yeah. And again, I have to remind myself, this is 1973 yeah. and you're doing shit that looks this good. Yep. Still. Still. So for a split second, you see Reagan's face replaced by the white face demon that was in Karis's nightmare. Yes. Which is very interesting because yeah. it's like this. Yep, that this was is, me. That's him. <laughs> hey, hey <laughs> you know me. It's like Norm from Cheers. <laughs> uh, so the demon starts to get personal with Karis, telling him that he killed his no, mother. She starts hitting. Yeah. it starts hitting below the belt. Oh. Left her alone to die. Like I said, and it, it knew he was. Yeah. he like, was shut the up. weak, the yeah, weak he, one. He, and he showed that weak. He is the yeah. weak one. Yeah, he was. He was like, shut up. He's like, you don't know my mom. <laughs> Uh, so Reagan straps break and her eyes roll back in her head and she levitates Yes, and it's absolutely horrifying. And the way that it's done and the way that it's shot, it almost looks like the demon isn't even in control. It's like this thing that's just happening. happening. Yeah. yeah. And so she starts to levitate above the bed. And this is when you get the iconic line as they're whipping her with holy water. The power, power of Christ, Christ compels, compels you. you. They say it so many times and they keep throwing the holy water on her and it's ripping away at her skin as they do it. And she finally slowly levitates back to the bed. Like the demon's like, all right, maybe levitating was a bit too far. (laughs) And as she's coming coming back down, her face looks so sad. It does. It's 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 upsetting. It's really upsetting. But it's good because the demon is sad. That's a good thing. True. You don't want him to be laughing anymore. Is that a little bit of Reagan? Like, she she looks so pained and sad. I think it's small details like that that you noticed is what makes the movie so good. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of horror movies would make it like bah, like yeah it, like, it would it look so sad the demon would just kind of be oh yeah happening? but it's here like, you it's see really the pain and the emotion that they have it's incredible and again linda blair no yeah yeah tour de force she's a kid it's incredible and so the demon gets back on the bed damien goes to restrain her and that's when Reagan hits Karis with a double axe handle from the top rope <laughs> <laughs> and fucking knocks him to the ground. <laughs> and then the entire house starts shaking. Yeah. And uh, Karis breaking apart. Yeah. The doors slam. It's yeah, fucked up. No, yeah. And so uh, Karis and Marin hit the floor. And this is where my favorite shot oh my in the entire film happens. Reagan, it's like she's. The lighting is, it's like she's backlit because it's almost like a silhouette of her. And slowly into frame, you see from the point of view of Marin and Karis on the ground. Yeah. And 
she's reaching out, yawning into like a void in like a screeching howl as the demon Pazuzu statue appears. And you see the look on Marin's face and he's like, you know, it's almost like he felt it. He I knew. knew. Yeah. And now it's proven. Ugh. This is the demon that he is meant to do battle with. And it's it gives it's you full goosebumps. Circle. Yeah. It's such an incredible shot. It is. So after this, uh, everything's kind of calm for a moment. And Marin's like, why don't we take a break? I think we've earned a break. And Karis obliges him. Yeah. They kind of take a step into the hallway outside of Reagan's room. Karis is standing there and Marin goes into the bathroom to take some medication. I'm guessing heart medicine of some kind. Right. Yeah, because when he was shaking in Iraq. Iraq, he was taking it as well. That's true. So they kind of established that he He's might... He's got an issue. Yeah, have, yeah. Yeah. So while Marin's taking that medication, Karis kind of sneaks back inside the room. Yeah. And when he does... He sees his mother on the bed instead of Reagan, and she's seated upright, pale. Just looking at him. And yeah, it's a very eerie visual. Yeah. And he kind of makes his way over to the bed, and he goes and he's wiping her forehead. And she hits him with a spot-on impression of his mother. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that I that would have fucked me Absolutely. up. Absolutely, that's too much. It's like yeah, she's that. she's Bill Hader it's or something because it was <laughs> <laughs> it was very accurate. And she says what, like one of the last things he heard her say. She said to him, "Why would you do this to me, Demi?" And it's just heartbreaking because you know what he's going he, through, and he's carrying that with him. And this is again. It senses the weak link, and it's like, oh, I'm, I know what nerve to hit. Exactly. So he hears his voice. He can't handle hearing his mother's voice coming right, out of this right, thing, right. and he gets more combative with it, which is exactly what Marin told him not, not to, to do. do. He told him, "Don't listen. Yeah, don't listen. Don't even talk to yeah. it." And so Marin's comes back, and he's like, "You got to get the fuck." Why out don't of here. you take a break? <laughs> yeah, he does. He's yeah. like, "Go over there." Just yeah, that's enough. So he goes downstairs. <laughs> And Marin decides that he's going to continue the exorcism alone. And so Chris is downstairs with Karis and she's like, is, you know, is my daughter going to die? Yeah. And then Karis is like, you know, he kind of summons the strength to go back. And as he's walking back up the stairs, Anak is at the door. Chris answers it. And Kinderman's here. (laughs) Kinderman's like, look, I've been waiting outside long enough. I've been here. Fucking party. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Am I invited? So he comes inside. As soon as Karis gets back upstairs, he sees Marin leaned over the bed and he's dead. Yeah. Another giant thing that happens. Yes, that you do not see. And so he lowers him to the floor and tries some kind of caveman CPR on he's his trying. chest. He's trying so hard to bring him back he's to life, but it doesn't work. Out, man. Yeah. And so Reagan's just seated on the bed, chillaxing, she just is watching it happen. Yeah. And then when Reagan kind of takes it a little too lighthearted and starts smiling. Doesn't the demon chuckle? Yeah, and yeah. so he proceeds to give her a good old-fashioned ass <laughs> Yeah, a beating. Yeah. Yes. He beats the yeah. shit Never mind that this is a 13-year-old girl. Oh, yeah. who cares? Punch yeah. the shit out of you. It's bringing those old boxing days, I'm telling yeah. you, man. <laughs> yeah. And so Karis is beating the hell out of her, and he's imploring the demon. He's like, take me instead. Yes. And so the demon's like, all right, bet. <laughs> Let's do this then. And so we see the shot of the curtains flowing in the wind, and then Karis falls back. Ugh. But as he falls back, you see that his eyes are in the same demonic shade of grime Reagan. that Reagan's once were. And so you hear Reagan screaming and sobbing and sobbing. And you, Father Karis, stands up 
and you see a point of view shot of his hands like he's reaching out to attack go after right, right, go right, after right. Reagan yeah and he fights this urge and he just screams and then he jumps through the window and basically gives himself the Burke special yeah right. <laughs> he rolls down the stairs he takes the expressway down to M Street. <laughs> Well, he gained, you yeah. know, it's like he almost gained control of himself exactly. again. And in like, that I'll second enough, that he had yeah, control, like, he was I'll like, take I'm, both ending of us. It. Fuck I'm ending this. it. Yeah. Yes. And so Chris and Kinderman enter the room, and Chris is holding Reagan as she sobs, and they cry together. But she Kinderman. took a little while to get to her. She, she looked bad. at her for yeah. yeah. like, mm, who, who was that? Who that? Are you good yet? Yeah. Well, which I get. But I mean, I think after the, well, the her second. Well, voice. Right. I yeah. think after the second, mommy, I would have been like, oh, shit, that's All right, my I guess kid. that's, yeah. Yeah. Well, but this thing's good at voices. That's. Yeah, it's an impressionist. Yeah, it's a good mimic. Fucking Rich Little. Yeah. <laughs> this demon. So. I feel bad for Kinderman in this scene because he just came to check in. It's like, what he the goes upstairs, fuck is happening? He sees one dead priest. Yes. And then another dead priest at the bottom of the stairs. The window smashed and open. And this battered girl yes. screaming and crying. She still has the restraints tied exactly. to her. So what the hell is what? happening in here? I have here? a lot of questions. So for some reason, Father Dyer is out on a leisurely stroll and he just pushed his way through the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's that's just my there. friend. Yeah. Oh, there's Damien Karras dying at the bottom of the stairs. So he grabs him by the hand and he delivers his last rites. Right. It's a very sad scene. But yeah. Karras's fingers, ever since I was a kid, have been so scary to me. The way that he's oh, moving yeah. his fingers while he's holding well, it. Well, he's answering them. Yeah. He can't I, talk. Oh, so man. I don't just, know. Yeah. It's, it's no, scary. I don't know why, but... <laughs> Ever since I was a kid, I was like, this is a great performance by that hand. <laughs> <laughs> like it just, And the it's, Academy Award goes uh, to Jason uh, Miller's hand. <laughs> but it's it's very sad, and Karis passes away. So both exorcists die. Yeah, but they saved Reagan. Exactly. So they sacrificed. They made the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. And they saved a little girl in the process. Yeah. So in the last scene in the film... The McNeil family's like, let's get the fuck out of here. Mm -hmm. And it's the next morning and they're packing up to leave. Chris is saying goodbye to all the staff and the staff is not. Her assistant is like, fuck this noise. I'm not doing this Are you sure you don't want to come? Right. Nope. Nope. No, man. Is that even a real question? (laughs) Yeah, no shit. You know what we saw. I'm good. So I guess during the exorcism, Father Karras was wearing a that St. Christopher medallion that he had a dream about, and he somehow lost it during the exorcism. But Chris's when, assistant... When he was struggling on the floor with, with Reagan, Reagan, she pulled it off. That makes perfect sense. Mm, okay. So the assistant has found that necklace, and she gives it to Chris when they're saying goodbye. Yeah. And so as they're leaving the house, they're about to get into the car, and Father Dyer is there... And Chris and Father Dyer kind of have a moment and she tells him that luckily Reagan doesn't remember any of this stuff that happened the night previous. He's like, good. Good. Because it was horrible. And so she tells him that they're about to leave. Reagan comes out. She looks battered and bruised in the face, but she looks like herself again. Yeah. And she sees Father Dyer's collar his priest caller, and then instinctively like kisses him on the cheek. Looks moved. So she it's, remembers something. Exactly. There's, something. She didn't She's lose it all. Something. So they, they get in the car and they're about to drive away, but then they call Father Dyer to the car and Chris thinks better of keeping that St. Christopher necklace and decides to give it to Father Dyer instead because he was much closer to Father Karras. Right, that was his buddy. Yeah. yeah. So he takes it. He goes for a little 
walk past those stairs that Father Karras tumbled down. Right, right. He looks at him. Behind him is the boarded up window that Karras fell from. Yeah. And then he looks. Tubular bells plays a little bit in the background. And Father Dyer walks away. And that's the end of the movie. So what did you guys think of The Exorcist? Taking everything into account, the acting, the story, the effects, everything into account, it's got to be not even horror, one of the greatest movies of all time. Yes. No, Period. Yeah, no, yeah. It's and really, really again, good. we've already stated the impact that it's had on the genre, even spanning outside of the genre. And and I just, I and I can't even lie, and I, I don't even want to say I'm a little ashamed of it, but when we watched it, and you were asleep, and then I finally came to bed... I still kind of felt like <laughs> I did. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I, I love still it. I still kind of felt like well, right. you know because we put the TV on a timer and it goes off. So I come into the room, it's all dark, like, and oh, you're shit. yeah, you're asleep. <laughs> yeah, she, you know she's asleep, passed out. I come and get in bed, and the only light is the light that's reflecting from the window into the bathroom light or the mm-hmm. bathroom mirror, and then it goes to the door. So there's a little bitty like circle on the door and it's like, <laughs> well, thanks for telling me that. Now I'm not going to fucking go to forever. sleep. Today. No, but you have the TV on and then when you go to bed, the TV goes off because of the timer. I come in here, it's pitch black and then I'm like, fuck. Reagan? Yeah. Like, where's, right, where's the remote? I got to turn this shit on. I was like, I'm not sleeping like that. No, and it, no it's genuinely scary. No, even, yeah. Even now. I think that just shows how important this movie is. Definitely. How that good the movie is. Yeah. It stood this test of time. Yeah, like I said, it's it's what forty seven years at this point, and you wouldn't it's even know still it. Just as scary, and the effects look just as good. Mm-hmm. The makeup is incredible. The story is is impactful, and every single thing that happens matters. Oh yeah, even if it's a little no, everything thing, leads uh, to something else. There are no throwaways. No, and this is one of those films that you have to see if you call yourself a fan of horror and you've never seen The Exorcist. Go watch it right go now. Go rectify that immediately. They just put it on Shutter. Yes. Go watch it, it right now. It is on, on Shutter. shutter. It's on right. Shutter. Yes. And hopefully you went back and watched it before we spoiled before everything we for you. Before yeah, we said all this. We told you this. We yeah. told you about this. We told you up top. All right. So let's get into ratings. Okay. Kind of piggybacking off of what you said, the cultural relevance, the importance of the film, how good the film is, how much it holds up, the impact it's had. I have to... Give The Exorcist 10 Pazuzus out of 10. Uh, I also gave The Exorcist 10 (laughs) Pazuzus out of 10. I want to give it the 10, but I'm going to go with a 9 or 9.5. Now, I do really like the movie. And it it does still, like I said, it, it obviously still scared me. You Absolutely. Know what I mean? uh, it wasn't like I was terrified to go to sleep, but it did cross my mind in a dark room. Mm-hmm. So obviously it did still kind of affect me. <laughs> Definitely. In some yeah. But I mean, I'm not going to say there's better movies than this, but there is in for me, there's just some inconsistencies with it. So it's like, eh, you know what I mean? Right. So it'll so, bring it down just a little bit for you. Just kind, just a hair. So I'll say 9.5 Pazuzus at a time. <laughs> so I'll, I'll still give it almost the perfect score. Almost. But uh, like I said, there's just a few things that just kind of like, eh, that's you know, I get that. but, to but me, that's any movie, though. 
You yeah. know, that's any movie. To me, I feel like this is the quintessential perfect horror film. I completely no, agree. Yeah. And I no, think I will agree with that. It kind of it it sets the bar for what horror can be. And it's also very interesting to me that there has never been a film about exorcism as good as this one. And this was the first real oh, one. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I so agree. To come but out they of the all gate, borrow from it. They do. Like, no, yeah, they yeah. do. I, I feel like this this film has not been topped, and I don't think it no, can be. Yeah. No, I The only thing, and I'm sure we'll do it later, but this is just personally me, something mm. from when I was a kid. The only movie I think is a 10 out of 10 is Evil Dead. But that's just me. <laughs> and we will get right. to it. We will alert. get to that. We'll I'm to just it, saying, yeah. Bruce Campbell, I love you. Because you know, he's listening. Right, yeah. He listens. Hey, we don't know. Hey, hey we don't could. know. He could. Uh, One day. That'd be groovy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's all from us at Pod Mortem. What would you rate The Exorcist and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at The Pod Mortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at TravisMWH, at Blood and Smoke, and at RealStreeter84. Remember, never let your children play with Captain Howdy. Until next time. <laughs>